Episode 120, Jeremy Allen. Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn and you're on Gut Plus Science. This podcast is on a mission to increase engagement at work. And on this show, we equip CEOs and people first leaders of all levels to make impact. Let's get to it. Hey, Gut Plus Science listeners, it's Nikki. And today we're talking about the big feat of awesome workplace culture during acquisition. That's a big job and it can go really well or really bad and a lot in between. This young leader took over a very established business in his young age and learned a lot about leading people and building culture and found his passion in the mix of that. He's here to share his story during this incredible year. This year is their 50th anniversary in business. Jeremy Allen, president of Vanco Commercial Service. You'll hear his vulnerability and his passion. I learned a lot. Here we go. Jeremy, welcome to Gut Plus Science. I'd love for you to talk with us about your journey at a young age to finding your why. Absolutely. Well, hey there, Nikki. Thanks for having me on here. And I would, I guess, first like to say, uh, I think you pointed out it was a young age for me and I was 30 years old. And I have to say, when I first started of the possibility of being co-owner of a business and acquiring a current business uh, that was out there in the marketplace, Vanco being the name of our business. I guess it was kind of about me, uh, selfishly. And since then, that's changed a lot for me. But, you know, it started off in a, I guess I started off in a position of wanting to have more freedom, uh, wanting to provide for my family and also, you know, have some flexibility in my scheduling and stuff like that. And I think as, as far as any small business owner knows, uh, flexibility, there, there's not a whole lot of it for you uh, at the beginning, I think, until, you, until your business is of a certain size and you've got people capable of handling a lot of the responsibilities. So that's how it started out anyway. Jeremy, I'd love for you to, you know, dig in a little bit to, you know, you'd shared going from me to we, if you will, like, what was that pivot point for you? I believe have happened around, well, let's say three years to four years into the business and uh, into this journey. And at a point where wondering, what am I doing this for? What is really the goal here? And why would I want to move the business forward or just continue to just kind of do what we're doing and be where we're at right now? So that, again, like I said, was about three to four years into the business. And my conclusion and my decision on that in doing a little soul searching, a little praying, talking with my wife about it would be that I, I really want to be in this for the people. And I really want this to be a fantastic place for people to get to work in a team environment and one that cares about each other. And also to make an impact in our communities around us. And that has to do with our customers, that has to do with vendors, that has to do with everybody that lives around us in our communities and our neighborhoods. So if we can do that and we can do that well, then why not share that? And if we're going to share that, that means we're going to grow. So that's where I'm at today. And like I said, about three or four years into it, I had to come to a conclusion of why do I really want to do this? And that's where I land. 
And I want to talk about the acquisition that you went through, but I want to make sure that our listeners understand the backstory of the start of your business and kind of share with us, you know, how your business got started and then the timing of the acquisition and a little bit of the acquisition journey. And then I'll dig in on some of that cultural piece that we talked about preparing for, because I'm really anxious to share that. So tell us the backstory. I was working in a place where I wasn't quite satisfied and happy with uh, the way things were going or kind of where I saw my future to be there. And my dad had made mention to me, said, hey, you know, he was, you could call it semi-retired at the time, saying, hey, if you ever want to do something together, if that would be of interest to you, then then let's talk. And so we did. And so that got us to a point where we said, hey, let's let's start evaluating what some options would look like for us if we partnered up and what the industry would be like or industries of interest to us. And so we started doing a little bit of research and kind of narrowing down what we would want to do, not do, you know, for example, Xing out retail. That's not our thing. That's not our space. So to make a long story short, then I grew up around this food service equipment repair industry that we are in. And my grandfather started a business in this industry back in 1963, and dad ended up taking over that business and running it, et cetera. So it made sense, and it was kind of a natural fit for us to look at that industry and getting back into it. There's only a handful of companies in town here in Indianapolis that do that. And so uh, we contacted the owner of Vanco at the time and asked if that would be of interest to him to talk about if he would consider selling his business and what that would look like. And so, you know, over the course of obviously multiple conversations, it became a reality. Remind me uh, and and our listeners, how old was Vanco when you purchased it? The owner that we purchased Vanco from was not the founder or the original owner. And Vanco has been around since 1971. So actually this year is our 50th anniversary, uh, celebrating 50 years of service this year, 2021. So that's an exciting milestone for us to hit. And it was started by a guy named Lowell Vandermark, who has since passed away, but he was uh, known by Van for short. And so Vanco, the name Vanco has gone through several iterations, but uh, it was Van's Restaurant and Refrigeration. Then it was Vanco R&R. Uh, now it's just Vanco. Today's episode is really about workplace culture in an acquisition journey. And so we're getting to the place that I'm excited to really share this this journey that you've been on and digging into the acquisition because you guys came in very thoughtfully figuring out what uh, industry you wanted to go in and then approach Banco, purchase this business. And so people had established culture, you know, whether you work on culture or not, there's a culture there, right? And so you come in by the business, new leadership, and looking back, what would you have done differently to build the culture now with what you know? What was the key takeaways, I guess, if you were to mentor your younger self? Yeah, of course, I was young. Of course, I was very naive as well. And so what I often tell people is I severely underestimated just the people component of it all. Perhaps that's just me and my personality and who I am. I have worked on this, but I'm not the most relational person in the world. Uh, I think I've gotten better at it. I hope so, at least. But uh, so I guess I underestimated that part. So looking back on it, my initial getting into the business, buying the business, getting into it, trying to understand everything about it was all about, I guess, operations, process, 
if we can just be more efficient, then we'll we'll be rock stars and that's all you got to worry about. In hindsight, if somebody else could have done all of those things and I wasn't worried about all of those things, then I could have spent a lot more time with the people. I could have spent time getting to know people. It, it is a challenge in our business because we, of course, have a remote workforce as well. So obviously we've got an office staff and we have a, a remote workforce, which are the technicians that are out there in the field. And so getting to know and getting to relate to and uh, work side by side on a regular basis with the technicians is just a challenge and wasn't so much of a reality for me at all. And if I could do anything differently, it would be just be trying to work side by side with the people more, trying to understand what was in place already, maybe some things that they would like to see change and just kind of educating them on where what, what I'd like to see change or where I'd like to see the business go and seeing if they shared that vision with me, you know, or not. And got a handful of people around here still that have been with us since we took over the business and very grateful for them, their loyalty and their trust in me and my father as we've gone down this road. And, you know, I think another thing that I would have done differently from the beginning, Nikki, would have been establishing what our values are and really holding tight to those and really trying to define and set our vision accordingly so that we had the opportunity to you know, hold people accountable to what that was and what that looked like. And probably accountability, I think, sounds like a scary word to some people at times because, you know, they think, oh, we're going to get in trouble or we're going to get, you know, reprimanded for this or that. But I think everybody expects themselves to be accountable on some level. So going along with working with people side by side and talking to them and sharing a vision and hearing what they have to say about it. I think you could often find too what, you know, how would they expect to be held accountable and just understanding that and, and doing that in a collaborative way. First of all, I need to say 50 years in business is a huge milestone. So I hope you guys are celebrating huge and then owning a business and being responsible for many people's lives in your young 30s is so unique and such a big feat. And so kudos to you on just digging in and investing in leadership, you know, and, and working on the like the we side. Like you said in the beginning, you're like, I went from really the me and, you know, transitioning to we and how do I invest in my leadership to really make this business the best that it can be. So that just that journey and all you've done is is awesome. I want to dig in on your vision and values that you've really brought to life. Like there's many organizations that have a vision on their website or on a wall or values that live somewhere that no one remembers, right? But I'd love for you to just share how those have come alive or how they live in Vanco today. So I guess I'm on the eternal search for how to bring them to life, Nikki. <laughs> so I'm constantly, guess, finding little new ways to kind of remind people of what they are and how do we talk about them and live them out. So we've got four core values here. That is trust, empathy, professional attitude, and expert quality. So a couple of little examples. When anybody new comes in, we give them a sheet that has our values listed on it. And we've also come up with a way to define what those are and what each one of those values means to us. And we did this as a team, as an organization uh, back in 2014 through a, a facilitated process 
or we brought somebody in from the outside and kind of uh, went through a discovery together as a team and, and ultimately crafted and chiseled out what these values are to us. And so, again, a couple of little examples. I, I send out a weekly communication to the team. If I'm seeing somebody or somebody is recognizing somebody for living out those values, then I want to recognize and I want to mention that. We've, of course, you know, we've got them on the wall like everybody does, I guess. And uh, again, when new people come in, they get a sheet with our values on it. I have a chance to sit down and explain what those mean to me, how we came up with them as a team and, and what that is and, and how we live them out around here. I think the key takeaway there is no one has it all figured out. Nobody has it perfect that they're just alive and flourishing all the time. You have to take regular action and try new things and learn new things and, and work on constantly making those uh, alive in the organization. So, and thank you for sharing some of those examples. You talked about a remote workforce, a big part of your employee population is remote. Talk about the challenges of leading a remote workforce and what you've learned. Well, I think there's a couple of major challenges here. And number one is just getting to know them. And I try to make it a point whenever I've got the opportunity and see them coming into the office to spend a couple of minutes chatting with them or asking them about what's going on with their their kids or their lives or their significant other, you know, maybe I already know what their hobbies might be, so I can ask them about that. I just kind of want to know what's going on in their life, and it's important. I do care. Like I said earlier, I'm not the most relational person in the world, and I don't know, maybe, maybe that comes as a surprise to some, but I, I really have to work on that, and I have to be aware of that. So number one, I think just trying to get to know them and, and not getting to work side by side with them, it's hard to you know, leadership is an important thing. And of course, leadership is a huge buzzword, I feel like, uh, in business these days. But we really want to understand and we really want to help foster what makes good leaders around here. And again, that's something else that I would say that I haven't done a great job of in the past. And I'm going to really focus on and do a much better job into the future on is, is promoting and teaching leadership around here. But leading through actions is a big thing and I think it goes a long ways with people when they see you as a leader doing something that shows leadership, whether that's stepping into a situation that's not necessarily a responsibility or you're jumping in side by side with somebody to help them out with something. With a remote workforce, it's kind of really hard for anybody to see that in action when they're not around you and they're out by themselves all day. And so it, it can be a, a lonely position. For our remote workforce, I think, you know, at least I would feel that way in those shoes. So they, they, I would say, make great relationships and build great relationships with our customers. And that probably fills that relational gap there because our technicians are people people. They can fix things well and they are people people because they, uh, they, they create and foster good relationships in the, in the field and serving our customers. But anyway, I guess the two biggest challenges to me of leading a remote workforce is leading through actions and them seeing what you do day to day and just the ability to get to know them. It just, it's not that it can't be done. It just takes a little bit of extra work. That's so good. And I really like how you kicked off the answer to that question around just the simplicity of whether you're great at relationship skills or not, just spending time getting to know people. And I think if we all have some back pocket 
questions that we feel are good for our conversations that just feel natural to us that help people know that we care and help us dig in on like who they are and what brings them to life and what they're excited about or um, just learning about their personal life. I, you know, sometimes that just gets overlooked, like it's too simple, but it's very profound to spend that time. So thank you for sharing all of that. And, um, Jeremy, I'd love to hear what you've found that works in, in your workplace to drive engagement among your employees. you have some examples? In order to have people engaged and uh, interested in what they're doing, you first of all have to listen to them. And in order to listen to them, you need to give them an outlet for input and to have a voice. So the challenge to that, at least to me it is, how do you incorporate that? You ask for input. Now, what do you do with it? And how do you incorporate it? And I guess I could say early on in this acquisition journey for me and trying to run a business, I kind of got overwhelmed, honestly, with asking for people's input. And then you hear a lot of different stuff and then just get bogged down by what do I do with all this information and, and what what's most important and how do I take action first or can I even take action? And if I can't, because we can't do something, how do I respond? And so I've learned a lot, I think, in the last five years in terms of how to ask the right questions of people to get input where you can use it and where you need it so that they have a voice. And then I will say I've got a new project that I'm working on here, Nikki, and I haven't quite got it off the ground yet, but I will tell you briefly about it uh, real quick. And that is... I'm in the process of creating what I'm calling a culture committee here at Vanco. And our culture committee is going to be made up of some representatives of, of different people, different departments and representing a cross section of our company. And I'm going to lead this committee and I don't want to steer everything that the committee does, but I want to give it some direction and some vision. And my goal here is to give employees through this committee a voice and input on the things that we do so that they can help inform me as the president and the leader of, of the organization uh, what's important around here and what people value. And the challenge for this committee is that they are going to have to, they're going to have, of course, have to dig in and do a little bit of, of work, but they're also going to have to reach out and going to have to understand how their teammates are feeling about different things. And it, it means that they've got to communicate with maybe people that they don't normally communicate with because they're maybe not the closest friends or they're, you know, their closest buddy here. However, the point of all this is I'm trying to create a venue where we can proactively seek out employee input on the things that matter to them around here. And this will be also a two-way communication. So if they've asked for things or we want to do things, or we're looking for a new way to approach something, we can communicate both ways and we have a, a, a room and an opportunity for a lot of candor and respect and empathy, one of our values, and just building build that trust across the team. I think uh, that culture committee is probably something we can bring back for a, ne a next show to hear about the story and creation and what comes of it. So I'm excited for that journey for you. So here's the time that I'd love to just shine a spotlight for a second and just love for you to share the most proud moment or proud accomplishment, if you will, thus far in building the culture and the people at Vanco. Like, what, what are you proud of yourself? I would say what I'm proud of and... 
I've had I've had people share it with me around here, so I, I don't think it's I don't think it's hot air. Is that people know that we, myself, my father, we're honest, we're trustworthy, and we want people to work as a team around here. And I think that I exhibit that in, in how I go about handling my relationships and my communication. And I, I believe that uh, people believe in that. And that's what I'm most proud of about what I guess I've brought to the table here or helped instill in what our current culture is. And turning the corner on 50 years as you're celebrating that now, share your vision for what's next. Main focus going into you know, the next decade for Vanco. What's the, the vision top of mind for Jeremy? Starting with this culture committee, I really have a passion for it and I really want to continue to pour into the people around here. My challenge is going to be finding the best ways to do that. So the culture committee is a piece of that. I think that there's a lot more that we can offer. And I think employers in general have a huge opportunity here to continue to pour into their people, whether that is education in various forms that can be. And I think health and wellness is a huge piece of this. And when we think health and wellness, we're not just talking about physical health and wellness here. We're talking about emotional. We're talking about spiritual. uh, We're talking about social. You know, people spend so much of their time and lives at work. I want them to enjoy it. I want them to get some reward out of being here. And if we can pour into our people and make this an enjoyable place to work, it's going to be a challenge. Yes, there's going to be difficult days. Yes. But at the end of the day, if, you know, if we can all respect each other and do it together as a team and try to improve, that's that's another thing that's huge for me, Nikki, I guess, is just self-improvement. So when I think about pouring into people, I'm constantly looking to improve myself and whatever that looks like in, in a spiritual life and a physical life and just, you know, trying to improve my relationships. So I hope that the people that we attract here at Vanco and build our team with are also interested in doing that. And that's for just the people aspect of the vision, looking into the future, that's what I see. And as far as the growth aspect, we are currently a small regional service player, you know, in the Midwest. I see that being, I see that opportunity getting greater for us as we continue to do a really great job with our team here and taking care of our customers. Well, I'm inspired by your vulnerability that you've shared today and just seeing the illustration of your commitment to growth and um, you saying, you know, we're going to get better at leadership here and implementing ways that we help others to build their leadership habits and just their leadership skill sets. It just seems like that's been your journey. And now you're, you're showing up with that action to help others do the same. And it's just, we see that in how you're, you're sharing today. So kudos and happy 50th uh, celebration of your business. And just thank you for your mentorship today, Jeremy. We're going to take just a quick break here from our sponsor message today, and we'll come back to our lightning round where me and the guests and our listeners get to learn just a little bit more about you. We'll be right back. Gut Plus Science has just joined the People Forward Network. Gut Plus Science has been on a journey for three and a half years, and we got inspired to create a global podcast network that captures the most incredible efforts of people-first leaders and humans working on a meaningful mission. We believe that the workplace is the largest mission field for change, and the People Forward Network is the largest community of humans on a shared journey to live life full of meaning. We'd love for you to join the People Forward Network. There are all kinds of new shows and existing shows 
coming together under one umbrella to bring you the best content as a community on a mission. Can't wait for you to join us. See the link to peopleforwardnetwork.com in the show notes. All right. It's Nikki and we're back on Gut Plus Science with Jeremy Allen. It's been a great conversation today, particularly around workplace culture in an acquisition journey. There's a lot of unique challenges to that and um, also really loved hearing Jeremy's take on a remote workforce. It's been really awesome. Jeremy, now it's time to learn a little bit more about you and the personal side of you. So this question is always a little tough, I think, for many of our our leader listeners here and, and our guests. What is your favorite book of all time? Or if it's easier, you can pick a favorite recent read. I will just start with by saying and admitting I'm not the world's most avid reader. So I'm going to have to choose the second part of that question, which is most recent, which is which is also a great book, though, and not related to business at all. But I have three boys and one daughter, and my daughter's the youngest out of the four. So in terms of me not being the world's most avid reader, I use Audible a lot. So I've just recently finished this book on Audible, and it is called Strong Fathers Raising Strong Daughters. It is by Meg Meeker, and then incredible insight and a great opportunity for me to learn what it is like to raise daughters and me being a male and not a female. I, you know, I need to understand this, and I need to do a good job with it because I, after listening to this book, realize what an impact I'm going to have on her life. So I'm excited about raising her though. She's only two and a half. Where is your favorite vacation spot? I would have to probably pick Tahoe, California for that. It's a place that's near and dear to my wife and I's heart. We haven't been there in some time, but uh, in our younger days, made it there quite often to go snowboarding. So in the wintertime, it's a fantastic place to visit. There's a lot of resorts out there for skiing and snowboarding. And the lake itself is just beautiful. Being out there in the summertime, it's blue and emerald green. And there's a lot of fantastic hiking trails and mountain biking trails out there. And the towns around the lake are also a lot of fun. So Tahoe, California is is at the top of my list. How about a favorite hobby when you're not working? I've got several, I should say. I guess I... um, I play the drums. I really enjoy that. And I also like to spend a lot of time on our boat with my wife and kids. And we like to do a lot of wakeboarding and water sports behind the boat. And in the wintertime, like to do snowboarding. So I got a lot of things that interest me, I guess, outside of work. Don't have time for it all. And Jeremy, how could our listeners connect with you after the show? So I'd say best way is my email address, which is the easiest. That's J Allen, J-A-L-L-E-N at VancoRR.com. And the name of our business, V-A-N-C-O, and the letters R-R.com. Really great episode today with Jeremy Allen. Here's my truth you can act on from our time together. Number one, take action regularly to bring your company values to life. Always be working on it. Number two, simply spend time getting to know your people remote or on site. Prioritize time to get to know your people. Number three, leadership is the action you show. Just such a good reminder for us to reflect on how are we showing up because our behaviors are our leadership. It's not what we say, it's what we do. Number four, listen. How often do we hear this on this uh, the show? How important it is to listen. Give your people an outlet for their input. I love that angle to it. Thanks so much. And again, happy 
50th celebration for the anniversary of Vanco. Thank you, Jeremy. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.